Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Go Out and Talk to Strangers. This is Adi, the Nomad Architect. And this is a place where I'm sharing with you ideas and inspiration, hosting founders, entrepreneurs, and extremely talented people to share their experience with us. And today we are very lucky to have with us Kayla. Hi, Kayla. Hi, Adi. Thank you so much for having me today. Kayla is a world traveler, a public speaker, and the founder of Montaya, which is a global community of digital nomads, and one of the most interesting concepts I heard about. So please, I want to know everything. Uh, what made you start your own project? And have you ever heard about the term co-living before doing that? So my journey with being location independent began about eight years ago. I left a career in the modeling industry in Los Angeles after existing in an environment where I had all of the things that would be deemed as success. I had the pop star boyfriend, I had the modeling agency, I was walking for Chanel and I was taking night classes at night, putting my way through university with a modeling career. But I felt this, this emptiness and the seeking for more. And this is something that is really my main driver in life is this, this desire to find new pathways of connectivity. And so after leaving this career in the modeling industry, I spent the next two years traveling through South America and learning and witnessing different ways that different indigenous communities, as well as modern traveler and backpacker communities, formed the phenomenon that I refer to as group sync. So seeing the way that when people come together and are able to to match frequencies and are able to drop in together in a way that the group dynamic comes into a similar vibration that can then support and promote each person's individual growth. So I spent the next six years following these two years in uh, South America, living and traveling several months a year in the United States and the rest of the year internationally. And during this time period, I was a solo digital nomad and I loved the freedom. I loved being able to expose myself to different cultures. I loved being able to leave a country and arrive somewhere new whenever I desired to. But what I felt was lacking so much was the community aspect. So in, in the growth and the emergence of Montaya, which is a, platform for global connectivity, supporting the evolution of human consciousness. Wow, that sounds so big. <laughs> it is. It is a big mission, which is exactly why you need a team. I think when you're in a big mission on this earth, you need the support of others um, and really dropping into this space of recognizing that we're not here to do it alone. So in the creation process of this project, the first thing that we did was create an international online directory, which very quickly became the yellow pages of spirituality and sustainability and wasn't, it was more of an introductory platform. It was an online handshake, but it wasn't really creating the type of deeper connections that we wanted. And so I had a team of about 30 volunteers around the world and we felt that something was emerging 
But in order to really connect to the energy of it and understand it, we needed to come together. And so we had our first Montaya co-living experience at our Montaya base camp, which is a redwood cabin at the foot of an 11,000 foot cliff near Yosemite National Park. And this was our first co-living experience ever, Adi. And there was a lot to learn. <laughs> so Wait, so you had 30 members of your online community meeting, coming to work together at the same place? We invited 30 and between 15 and 20 were in the space at the same time. So we were in technically a five bedroom cabin with only six or seven Mbps Wi-Fi speed with 15 to 20 of us. But the experiment was, I said, okay, look, I'm going to provide the space, the food, the, all of your, all of your Maslow's on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, all the base needs are going to be taken care of. And let's see what arises. And what's so incredible about that is when you bring bright minds together, we're able to reach this synergistic state of creating and bringing forth something that's so much more than what we can do on our own. And so from this month of co-living emerged the Montaya Design Studio and Design Collective, which is an ecosystem of small businesses of design, graphic design, marketing, content creation that strive to support purposeful projects and people around the world. And what emerged <laughs> from this was an understanding that these conscious creatives running these micro businesses, these freelancers, these mindful digital nomads wanted to live together, but they wanted to continue their freedom lifestyle. So we formed the Montaya Digital Nomad Tribe. And for the last year and a half, we've been traveling as a group coming together with different members of this community between six and 12 of us at a time will co-live, co-work and co-awaken in different countries around the world for between one and three months. And so this is what we're, con we're currently exploring in the world of co-living is doing so and having the community basis, but in yes, a nomadic sense. I love it. To be honest, that's also one of the things <laughs> I'm struggling with. Because community is important and I don't want to give up my travels in order to connect with other people. But you did this amazing thing and just you're doing it at the same time. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I think it's brilliant. And second of all, where do I sign up? <laughs> Montaya.com. M-O-N-T-A-I-A.com. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm going to share the links to your website in the podcast page. But tell me something. Um, so how do, you, how do you decide where to go? You have all these people and some people like, I already been to this Ooh. country. I want to go to that country. How do you decide? So... That's a great question and something that I have uh, not necessarily always done the best job of. So usually one of our choice points is choosing somewhere that has a pre-existing, fairly open-minded, um, usually with a spiritual basis, uh, a community that's pre-existing that we can fit into and um, also that has enough of a cultural immersion that we're not staying completely completely in a bubble. So 
It's very interesting because in the last year, we've definitely gone to places that are known to be hubs for spirituality, for personal growth, for development, both for ourselves as a team and a collective, but also because this is our clientele. So it makes logistical sense that we're going to places where there's this focus of retreat centers and personal growth and new ways of work and co-living hubs and co-working spaces. Can you share where? Uh, which places? Yeah, so for example... Our base camp is super unique, but most of the places we've gone to, an example is Tepoztlan in Mexico. This is two hours away from Mexico City. It's fairly close to a large airport. It's not difficult to get to, but it has this hub of spirituality as well as deep cultural roots in the temples and the surrounding culture in that area. Wow, I never heard about this place. I'm actually in Mexico right now. I want to go. <laughs> It's, it's amazing. You definitely should zip over. I'm going to connect you to communities there. Yes, please do that. And near Tepoztlan is actually one of the oldest eco-villages in the entire world. So there's already this culture of togetherness. And we as a team, when we travel to different countries, we make sure that we have the experiences of diving into authentic cultural experiences. So while we were in Tepoztlan, as a group, we sat a traditional Temescal and sweat lodge. Um, and that comes from northern Mexico, southern Arizona, uh, New Mexico states, uh, different indigenous tribes from there. And it's trickled down a lot into different parts of Mexico. And another example of where we have co-lived is in India, and we lived in Goa, which again is a bubble of healing and personal development. It's a little more westernized, um, but it also has a basis in personal development and growth. And we spent time in, as a group, we would leave Goa to spend time in Hampi, which is a spiritual heritage site. So now we are in Bali, again, spiritual Mecca. Um, and two of the places that are unique that we've co-lived is we went to France and we went to France because we were actually doing a work trade project for a Tibetan Buddhist, uh, former monk who had been a, um, a Lama for 13 years and had left the traditional dogmatic belief system in order to create his own lineage. And so we went and co-lived in this space. And that was actually one of the more difficult experiences because you just expect France, developed country, la, 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 la. So we didn't do the research on the Wi-Fi connection. And we actually ended up really, really, really struggling as a team. And so what I've discovered is that for us as a team, um, we're digital nomads. And so Wi-Fi is right down there in my base bottom of the pyramid in my foundation of needs. Food, shelter, community, <laughs> and Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's, it's not high up in the top. It's the base need. It's like oxygen, right? Exactly. And so what I've learned in this, in this process is not making assumptions and doing better research about the connectivity in the places that we're going to. So for example, we went to India. Now in India, you understand that the infrastructures are not going to be great. Um, but we're like, well, we're going to be in Goa. Goa is the wealthiest state in India. It has the highest degree of westernization. 
And sometimes because of being the wealthiest state, it has the highest degree of corruption. So what happened for us is we're three months in Goa working on um, and with Forgotten Land, which is a movement community and cultivation project based in contact improv, uh, access syllabus, ecstatic dance. It's a sober movement community. And we're working on a project there and the servers the server companies go into what they call Wi-Fi wars. So the main server providers of Wi-Fi were hiring no, thugs no. to cut each other's landline cables. And we went for a period of three weeks with no landline no. Wi-Fi. <laughs> it was oh, wow. so gnarly. So I have shifted and adjusted what our priorities are and the places that we're choosing to target our co-living experiences a little bit away from choosing the right community, more of a focus on cultivating our own community as a group so that we bring people on board who are teaching the yoga classes, who are facilitating the ecstatic dances, who are guiding us through breath work so that it's not as necessary that we actually have that community present where we're at, it's more necessary that we have consistent connection to our global community and our clients and team around the world. Of course. So how many people are they at the moment in the actual uh, physical community, not the online one? So that, that's a great question. Um, what's really unique about our community is it's been designed in a way that supports both freedom and structure. So it's like, where is the right amount of structure in our lives so that we have optimal freedom and optimal connection to each other? And so the Montaya hubs that exist around the world um, have the opportunity for anyone who enters into our community to co-live with us for between one to three months. And so in each place that we're at, we have a varying number of people. And we've found that our sweet spot for community numbers is between eight and 12. So under eight people, you start to fall out of the actual community dynamic and become fam family dynamic. And what happens in family dynamic is naturally people start to take on family roles. So someone becomes a mother role or a father role. You develop a little more of a codependency where you do everything as a group and you don't have quite as much outreach into the local communities and making friends with others. So when you have above eight and under 12, what happens is smaller pods form between the community and there's a little more of an outreach and a permission of we're going to go do our own thing with like two or three of us, but we're still going out into the external community and engaging more so that you have that balance of internal community development and external community outreach wherever you're at. So our global community around the world the people who actually work for Montaya Design Studio, we have about 30 that are full-time full -time volunteers or part-time uh, designers, project managers. And what we have done in the last six months is we've started inviting other mindful digital nomads into the circuit. So we've realized we don't just want a community of people that work for Montaya, but we're opening it up to other remote workers and innovative location independents who have this lifestyle of being a digital nomad, but desire to be in intentional community that holds them accountable for their personal growth 
um, but also holds them accountable for being part of something that's a greater mission, for having a collective purpose, and for being productive and efficient in their work. Because the thing that I find really special about Montaya is that we're not a community for the sake of community. So we're not just like, we're a community because we like each other and want to live together. There's a really strong emphasis on using this coherent field that we're able to create by co-living and co-working together to actually propel our own personal development and projects and creativity. And this is really hard work. So when I talk about this, I don't want it to come across like we have this utopia of la la la, everything's great, we travel the world, we meditate together, we love each other. It's like we're doing something that's really new. So to work together, to live together, and to be going through deep healing processes together, and to be having experiences in developing countries is a huge amount of work. And what we found is that it really takes a specific human to be willing to show up in the ways where they're not only dedicated to personal growth, but they really are dedicated to the time and energy that it takes to make a thriving community and an innovative project and initiative. And so we've had a high turnover rate in the last couple of years. And I would say from the original group that we started with, we have about 12 or 13 and about 25 are new and have come on in the last six months to a year because as the mission and the project continues to evolve, it changes the frequency of the individuals that are interested in joining in. And we start to manifest and magnetize a different caliber of mindful remote community members that really like have their shit together and know what they're doing on earth and know how to live and travel in these ways, but they want to do it together. They want to do it as part of a collective. So I want to know more details, like how does it work? Because I do know personal growth, like you read books, you meditate, you go for a silence retreats, you confront your mother, whatever. <laughs> But how does it work in a group? What makes it um, a group growth? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the ways that we promote personal growth through our community living is by different members of our team offering their gifts to the group. So for example, Tyler Coleman is a designer on our team who's also a breathwork coach. And so while we lived here together in Bali, he would offer group breathwork sessions twice a week. And what we found is that by dropping into this space together, we began to grow and release and heal on a collective level. Um, as a group, we have monthly book club. And so, for example, right now we're all reading Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. And so what's great is that when this, when we actually have people to get this feedback, back on how is this landing with you? What's your experience of this? And we have a network of support. So then when we're going through difficulties on a personal level, we do have people around us that we're able to resource. Um, we also choose to engage in practices both culturally and collectively that support our growth, di growth dynamic as a whole. So for example, right now we're working with art, authentic relating, relating Uh, training programs and we have gone in the last month eight of our team members have attended these trainings and so we're practicing ourselves in learning how to communicate 
more authentically and have more conscious communication in our dynamics and then we're bringing that that back in and letting that bleed into our company and community culture another example of how our experiences of being together promote personal development is like I mentioned about when we were in Mexico when we're engaging with the local culture or community so going out and doing the Temescali, the sweat lodge or here in Bali one of the landlords of one of the villas that we're renting is the village chief and he was the village chief for the last 16 years and as a community we show up and we learn from him and he walks us through the ceremony and the local offerings and two weeks ago he actually took us as the first group of westerners he has ever brought into the local village temple and so we went he and his wife came and they borrowed clothing from all of their neighbors and their cousins and they fully dressed the montaya team in the traditional ceremonial clothing and we went as a group together to spend the night in this cultural experience. And that can be kind of edgy for people if it's you alone and you're the only Caucasian person walking into a 300 throng gathering of Balinese, that, that can be an edge that's a little far for people. But when we go as a group, there's just enough of that support that gives us that, that I would say, confidence to walk into these um, situations of discomfort and exposure. Wow, that sounds so special. Did you pick this house because you knew it was the chief's house? <laughs> no, no, I'm so grateful. It's just actually. a way of the universe to, to communicate back with you exactly. because you're doing such a good job. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to ask you to share a challenge as oh. a founder of this community. Uh, actually, you, you have a co-founder, right? Yes, yeah, my co-founder is James Redenbach, and he's the head of our design studio and design collective, which is the ecosystem that the micro-businesses work within, and I am the founder and the head of Global Partnerships, so I manage our community hubs, and I do a lot of the uh, onboarding process and the interview process of deciding who comes in and participates with us, and then I work with a team running our global audience. Um, I would so, also really like to share yeah. if you could share about that, but let's go back first to the challenge question. Yeah, Ooh, challenge. Ooh, shadow questions. Love <laughs> this. Um, so my biggest challenge is being a human <laughs> and, <laughs> and having working through my own issues and processes while leading a business or leading a community and running a business. Um, and so my personal challenge is balancing my reactivity. I'm a very engaged uh, human being and I have a tendency to be reactive. And so when you're living in community, you have less alone time and you can have your personal boundaries like rubbed down over time. And so what I've found and something that we are working on implementing is mandatory alone time. Because the problem is when you love the people that you're around, you always want to be hanging out and talking and playing music and working together. And then we forget and that we actually really need that time to recharge, even if you're a voracious extrovert like I am. And so I've really seen how that's affected my ability to communicate um, from a place of responding rather than reacting in, in, in all of our engagements. 
And I would say the second challenge is being in a business and a community. We, we found that it's a lot easier when we work together with the remotes that are coming in that have their own work and their own business. It's very difficult to have community members that are also technically employees. And we don't use the term employee or staff. We call them our team. Um, but to have people that essentially we are paying their bills from the work that they do with us in order for them to be co-living. And what happens in that is a difficulty around how do we maintain the sensitivity and create a work environment that is sensitive to the fact that like, I know that you're on your moon this week, or I know that you just had a breakup, or I know that you're in this state of emotional sensitivity, not just because you told me, but because I was probably the person holding you while you were crying yesterday. Like it's a very deeply interwoven uh, network um, of emotions. It's almost what it's fun, I heard a term the other day, emotionally incestual. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, where there's almost <laughs> too much overlapping of the emotions. And, and that's beautiful and amazing in a support community, but it's difficult to set the appropriate boundaries of then how do I go to someone when I'm trying to run a business and we need to be productive and efficient, and how do I go to someone that I know is struggling and I have held in my arms yet the day before, and how do I go to them and say, you still have a deadline tomorrow and you still need to show up and finish this task and take initiative and own what you've taken on by tomorrow. And that's, that's been really difficult and I think I've had a tendency to either be too lenient on some sides or let, and then let things go and go and go and need to be too harsh. So kind of a little bit of the extremes. So what we're working with right now is practicing clear communication of our personal limitations so that we aren't building expectations and assumptions around each other and practicing really it's, it, all comes back to better communication. And so when I talk about Montaya and I share with what we're doing, I tell people this is an experiment. And there's so many things that we've done that did not work. <laughs> and there's a lot, and it's true. And there's a lot of things that we're doing that are really innovative and amazing and that are working and that are carving new pathways for how we can co-live, co-work, and co-awaken. But it is an experiment. And so really communicating that to every person that's stepping in as we move forward, that you are entering into a, an experimental field. Not everything's going to be easy. Not everything's going to be catered to you. And you're making a decision to become a part of a dynamic changing process. And it's probably going to challenge you in some bigger ways than you expect. Wow. I think all my reactions to you are wow. <laughs> I, I absolutely love what you're doing. Thank you so much. It sounds amazing, but it also sounds very challenging. Um, but rewarding. But let's say, for example, when I travel mm -hmm. by myself, I can choose the people I surround myself mm -hmm. with. Like, I don't have to deal with anyone. I can just choose. Uh, but I always have me to hang out with. And I'm easy because that's me, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's me. <laughs> yeah. So let's say I want to join. How does it work? Uh, how do you apply or what is the process? So 
Our process of becoming a part of the Montaya community is uh, in our team application, which you can find on montaya.com community, our community page, is a pretty extensive application. So it's a 20 or 30 minute process. So we don't have this idea of, oh, we want to get as many applicants as possible, so we got to make the quickest type form as possible. Um, we have, it's pretty extensive, and in the beginning it walks you through, these are our values, this is our ethos, this is why we're doing what we're doing. And then it goes through, the first question it asks you is, what is your name? And the second question is, what is your spirit ninja name? <laughs> <laughs> and so, so we want mm. to bring out aspects of people's you know, personality and their quirkiness uh, through this application process. And the next step is uh, to have a personal interview. And this is usually with myself or my assistant, Haley Bailey, who's been volunteering and working with Montaya as a project manager and with our social media and as a virtual assistant for almost two years now. So Haley is deeply, deeply entrenched into our community culture and our co-living. has co-lived with us and worked with us in three different countries now. And so we do an interview process. An issue that we've had is that uh, in the last six months, we've had over 250 applicants. And so one of the biggest struggles I've had is actually being able to give personal interviews to each of these people. And so what we've done is we've created uh, the online community, the Montaya Community Facebook group. And on this group, we post about upcoming adventures and also job offers of different projects that we're working on and different designers or videographers or whatnot that we need. And so we've invited people in to start engaging both with each other and with the community through that. Uh, but it's definitely, it's definitely something that we're still figuring out how to really fine tune so that we can give the time and the energy that each person who applies deserves because they put the time and energy into sharing themselves with us. But also having 250 applicants in six months is a little overwhelming. I posted, we needed, we had one community member move out because of wanting to um, be closer to town. In here in Ubud, we have a space that's about 15 minutes away from town. That's normal for us. We are, choose more quieter, expansive locations. Um, and I needed to fill a space. And so I put a posting on a couple channels, Ubud Digital Nomads, uh, Remote Digital Nomads, Remote Work in, in Asia. And within three days, I had 35 applicants. And so... This is, it's very interesting, and what we're working with now is fine-tuning the way we communicate. We're like, guys, yes, it's a super sexy opportunity and sounds great, and remote, remote work, and conscious community, and purposeful projects, and now I'm starting to communicate more and more of like, and here are the challenges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, all the people yeah. waiting, don't worry, one day they'll find the time to get back to you and it will be worth it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, so I want to ask you something. Um, it looks like you're doing a lot of things. You have your community, your business, your personal growth, your group growth. Um, what keeps you productive? How do you, do you have like a routine? So it really changes between each country and each location um, that we're at, but what we do is we have six domains of focus and then through the week 
we rotate through putting time and energy into these six domains. So we've actually played with having stronger routines and softer routines. So for example, in France, we were together there for a month and we had a super specific schedule. It was like 7.30 to 8.30 is group meditation. 8.30 to 9 is like walking in the countryside or making breakfast. These two people are in charge of this. These two people are in charge of that. Then we have two hours of this type of focused work, 30 minutes of group movement or dance party, two hours of this kind of focus work. It was super routine and it was good, but it was a little too structured. So then in India, we experimented with having much less structure and saying, okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're going to have co-working days in the space. So this is going to be from, uh, we're going to have a team meeting from 9 to 10 and then co-working together until 2 or 3 p.m. in the collective space. And then we would have different evenings during the week where we would have a group dinner out or we would have a group meditation, like a we space practice. So... There's not one answer to what you're talking about, because the thing is, we don't have the benefit of like what other co-living spaces have where they're like, oh, we have the same community, more or less couple moving in and out, you know, little bit of turnover, but more or less people living together for six months to a year at a time, same location, because we change locations every three months and we change team members every month. Our routine is constantly changing and constantly dynamic. But what our, what we put importance on is the six domains that we find are necessary for both personal and collective growth. And so this is mental, spiritual, emotional, relational, creative, and somatic. So you've got your movement practices, you've got your creativity practices, so whether this is playing music together or coming together and having like a drawing jam session, uh, and the somatic for us is usually dance or yoga or hiking. Those are kind of the three things. Uh, my co-founder also does parkour, so there are occasionally some wild parkour sessions <laughs> going on in between work hours. Um, and several of us do contact improv, so we have like a nice blend of togetherness practices. And then relational, we'll do authentic relating or deeper communication practices during our meals. So we won't just get together and la la la, have a meal, we'll have a topic focus of how can we really get deeper. Again, not community for community's sake, but community gatherings where we really deepen our connections and understandings of ourselves and each other. Um, we know how valuable our time is and we really want to take advantage of that. Uh, and then for the spiritual, usually having meditation practices um, or Really, that one's a little more personal because several of the team members are Vipassana meditators. And that's going to be very different from doing guided meditation in a group over here. Or some people have a really strong spiritual connection to nature and to some of the more uh, red path, the elemental focus, the four directions, the earth worship, the sun worship. So it's very unique spiritually to our own path. It's a very omni-faith community. And then mental, the ways that we're stimulating each other by having a book club, by having uh, the sharings of the information that we're putting in in our different Slack and group channels of this is what's stimulating my growth. Um, and 
So as long as we have a little bit of focus on each one of those things every week, that's really where the importance lies in our routine. Rather than having a specific set every day, uh, we kind of play with that depending on the group, depending on who's there and who likes structure and who rebels from structure. <laughs> that's so important. It's amazing the fact that you can get flexibility in a group. That's so important. Um, and then you can be sensitive to each person's need. Um, I exactly. find it really important. Exactly. So, okay, can you share, can you give an advice for, based on your experience? If somebody's looking to start his or her mm -hmm. project, what would you advise them based on your experience. Are they starting a project in co-living or because there's so many dom di domains of what we do, are they starting design project? Are they starting a digital nomad team? Are they starting co-living? Are they starting a nomadic tribe? <laughs> Which let's choose an hmm. let's choose an avatar so that I can give you an answer that's um, more succinct. Okay, yeah, it's good to have focus. Actually, let's say that they're starting a nomadic tribe. Okay. Because I don't think many people are able to answer this question, like <laughs> all right, of you. So right. yeah, nomadic tribe, it is. <laughs> so um, number one, do your research. You would be amazed at how much stress is caused by not doing your research on an area and what it's going to be able to provide you. Um, and this is predominantly Wi-Fi and basic necessities that you need for that. So do your research and when you're beginning, choose the places that are low hanging fruit. Choose the places that already have good co-working spots, that already have a reputation for being good for digital nomads. And in your selection process, be honest about what you're offering. Um, another thing that I would highly, highly, highly recommend is having someone on the ground beforehand. So in in almost every single place that we've gone to, we have had someone who is already living and or traveling, arriving several weeks before us on the ground prepping things. Now, when we didn't have that set up as much as we should have, what happened to us is what happened in India. So we're doing work trade, but the um, people we were doing work trade with was not the same thing as having a team member on the ground. So we arrived to a house in which we didn't have, the agreement was, oh, you have a house with four beds and all the things. Great. Wonderful. Be specific about your agreements because we arrived to a house that didn't have sheets or pillows oh. for the first 10 days. <laughs> so we were spreading tapestries on mattresses, which is not, oh. which is not the, the style of travel that we're promoting within Montaya. We do, mm -hmm. it's awesome. I've been a hippie backpacker for many years. And that's not the, the, the culture or the lifestyle that we promote and live with. We have realized that we need to have all of our needs met. And so that we are not going into fight or flight mode. We're not going into stress mode. So we want comfortable bedding. We want consistent Wi-Fi. We want the thing to be able to have access to scooters and access. And so it's not about not having an authentic travel experience, but it's that we're not traveling internationally. We're living internationally. And there's a big difference. So if you're going to a city and you're going to be there in a hostel for a week, it's like you don't need all of your comforts to be met. You don't need all the comforts. You don't need your needs to be met. It's fine to be uncomfortable for a couple days and have low Wi-Fi. But when you're living somewhere for three months 
And this isn't vacation, it's lifestyle. Remember, I've been location independent for eight years now. So I don't want to go to a place and have to stress about the basic logistics because if I'm doing that, my energy is not going to be able to go towards building my community and creating greater outreach in the local community if there's too much stress about logistics. So go to places and design relationships so that your base human needs are covered so that your energy can really go where it's going to be of the highest impact. Mm, that's a great tip. Because every time you move to a new place, it takes a few days to settle down, to mm-hmm. to cover your needs, as you say. Mm-hmm. And you ha- you solve that by doing it in advance, which is really smart. <laughs> well done. Great tip. Okay, so we're about to come to an end. And I want to ask you a question that I ask all my guests. And I want you to answer really honestly. And don't let your inner filters get in the way. Great. Okay? Okay, so let's say you go to a bar. Wait, I don't know if you drink, but let's say you do. <laughs> I I haven't been to a bar in like two years. Let's say I go to an ecstatic dance. <laughs> okay, so let's say you've been to ecstatic dance. And you dance, you dance for like three hours with all the wonderful drums and you feel so light. <laughs> I was actually in ecstatic dance two days it. ago, which was beautiful. <laughs> okay, so you're dancing after and then your mind is super clear and free and suddenly you have the craziest idea but you don't have uh, your notebook with you so you take a napkin or in your case a leaf (laughs) and you write it down and what does it say so there is no time limit there is no money limit you can do anything what would it what would your crazy idea Well, my answer is going to be slightly influenced since I'm coming out of an ecstatic dance. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> But I think I think what I would write down is a question, is a is a what if because what arises in that moment for me is curiosity. And my curiosity is what if we're able to learn how to sync up and to merge as communities and as groups just the way that this group dancing here has done for the last three hours what if we're able to sync up in spaces that we can have this unifying field of togetherness of being fully present in an activity or a project or a mission together but in a way that also allows us the full expression of our own individuality, the way that I can be dancing in a group, but my dance moves and what I'm feeling and expressing are completely different to the person beside me. So we're in the same field, we're in this group sync, and yet the group sync is not suffocating my own individual expression. So my my curiosity and what I would write on this napkin would be the question of what would the world look like if we're able to drop the fear of connection, of coming together, of merging and collaborating and not needing to be the best of and the brightest of, but rather be in a co-creation of doing something together and then seeing how that actually does support us to be the brightest and the best that we ourselves as individuals can be. How do we 
what if the puzzle pieces came together and the big picture turned out to be something that benefited us all? Mm. Okay, I'm going to evolve the question. Great. <laughs> so you're talking about that sense of togetherness uh, that doesn't make us less of who we are. Yeah. So let's say you had to transform this idea, this energy connection into a space. How would it look like? If I had to transform the energy into a space. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's a co-living. It doesn't have to be necessary that. It could be a retreat center, a place where it can happen. Yeah, I would, I would say this would look like a collective um, in which there was one central building that had a large space for movement, a space for work, offices, chairs, fo like a focus area, a movement area, and a shared kitchen area. So like a large central, I'm seeing a circle, like a circular building. And then around that, individual homesteads that fit the needs of each person. So one might be a tiny home and one might be a full family house so that people mm -hmm. with kids are included. And one might be a yurt and one might mm -hmm. be a super rustic dome set up, but having individual spaces and then a coming together space so that we have that permission to pull back and be in our own energy and then to come back in together. And that, that's visually wow, beautiful. What, what I see. You have uh, an architect in you. <laughs> you have a, okay, thank you for sharing that. I think it's a beautiful vision. Thank you so much. Um, one of the reasons that I'm asking this question is because I want to see what people dream about, what's their passions and how they, how it transform into spaces because for me, it's all about experiences. This is my focus in, in my design work. Especially and because of your architectural <laughs> focus. Yeah, of course. It makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I believe that we're, we are very, we're responding constantly to our environment mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. just getting like different ideas of different people of how, what would they like to do if they could have all the options and all the freedom in the world is fascinating. So I'm, I'm a very big fan of this question. <laughs> well, I love, I love this. And I actually can't wait to sync you up with maybe for your next interview, my co-founder, because he studied architecture for the first three, four years of his education. And then he moved into digital architecture. So he now designs the architecture of websites and of brands and of offerings. Mm. So it's become, <laughs> he moved from the space and he's so passionate about creating experiences and spaces that affect mm -hmm. people's experience. So I would love for you guys to sync up about that because I think it's Beautiful. crucial. I think it's so important in what we're moving into that we pay attention to that. It is. It is very crucial. And I can tell you that today people are looking mm -hmm. to have more experiences than having belongings or properties. And exactly. This is important. Wonderful. So, Wonderful. yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like we're sharing the view on, on this one. And I want to thank you for being my guest today and sharing your experience and, and point of view with us. Thank you so much for having me today, Adi, and for everyone who is listening. Um, if you feel inspired to join our mission to connect, support, and inspire the world, you know where to find us. Mm-hmm. Oh. Beautiful. Thanks again. It's been a pleasure. And we'll keep in touch. 
Hi guys, it's Adi again. I'm very happy to have you with me and I would like to ask for your help for the next season of the show. The next project I'm going to host will focus on unique experiences. If you've ever been to a place that made a strong impression on you, or if you started one yourself, a retreat center, a sustainable project, art gallery, hotel somewhere in nature, anything that creates a special experience for the guest. It could be anywhere around the world. So send me the details and maybe you'll be on my show. And until the next time, go out and talk to strangers. It's been a pleasure. Ciao, ciao.